Hey guys, welcome to the Boning Soul Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Well, today I got a guy uh, you've probably heard of and you probably listened to him on some other shows. Uh, Clay Epperson. Clay is a, uh, he's a Texas native. He lives down there. He uh, shoots a stick bow and he's just a straight up like killer. Uh, I mean, no, no other way around it. He gets uh, a lot of opportunities on pigs. Now he, now he shoots everything. Uh, you know, deer, he's on some other out-of-state hunts, that kind of stuff. But uh, he's probably shot more pigs than I can probably count. He gets a lot of opportunity, uh, a lot of stocks, and uh, he's just, yeah, I mean, just the experience he has shooting these things and chasing them around and the knowledge he's kind of, you know, gained with what you need to do is uh, it's pretty impressive. So we get into that uh, quite extensively, actually, about hog hunting. And um, we also talk about, uh, you know, just, just Texas in general, uh, the hunting, the hunting culture, the, the the kind of layout, that kind of stuff. It's uh, it's 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 pretty different if you've never hunted down there. Uh, and of course, Texas is so vast, right? So, you know, not all of Texas is the same way. But there's a ton of private property, not a lot of public, uh, and you know things are just done a little differently down there. You know, a lot of you know a lot of baiting, a lot of lot, lot of fence properties, a lot of private properties, ranches, that kind of stuff. And uh, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to not make a, uh, a knee-jerk reaction when you hear that kind of thing and just go experience it because it's not – a lot of times it's not what you think it is. I have very limited experience uh, uh, hunting anything in Texas, you know, just basically pigs, uh, just, just a few times on – uh, you know some, some, some friends' properties and things like that. But I, I – you know, so I'm certainly not an expert. But, you know, if, if, if you're kind of on the outside looking in, it, you know, you may have some preconceived notions about, you know, how they do things and, and you know, baiting and uh, shooting at night and, and, and that kind of stuff. And just, I don't know, t- t- take a listen to this. So it, it's probably going to give you, you know, different different perspective. We get into talking about uh, hogs down there in general, um, how, you know, we always hear about, you know they're so destructive and this and that but then like you know why do people charge to uh to hunt them we get pretty deep into that pretty simple explanations for a lot of this stuff and um yeah we, we talk about a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot a whole lot of other stuff uh, he shoots a uh, bob lee bow he shoots he shot bob lee for you know a long time and uh probably not <laughs> not going to switch from that brand and he's incredibly effective with it so I don't know. It was really cool getting to know him. I'd, I'd never talked to him before, and uh, like I said, I, I'd, I'd heard him on on other shows, but you know, I really wanted to kind of dive into his expertise with how he does things, uh, how he approaches you know hunting, how he approaches hog hunting, you know specifically, um, th- th- that kind of stuff. So anyway. It's a, it's a really good episode. Clay's a you know, really easy to talk to guy, a lot of experience, very humble. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad I got a chance to talk to him. So anyway, um, other than that, I guess uh, please remember to like, share, and subscribe uh, to this episode. Ratings are absolutely huge. So please, I know I kind of beg you guys every, every episode. So please, please, please do that. Leave ratings. It's incredibly important. Uh, check out the YouTube video, uh, YouTube channel. I put out some other bow reviews on there. Um, some other, you know, knife reviews, that kind of stuff. Definitely, please subscribe to that and, uh, you know, share it wherever you can. I don't advertise. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. So I kind of rely on you guys 
to do word of mouth and I really do appreciate when someone says hey I heard you from uh, such and such so anyway I'm kind of babbling on I apologize for that so without any further ado here is my interview with Clay Epperson hoping to get a new one for my birthday here. happened on Father's Day my birthday is in a few days I so heard that <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm hoping to get an upgraded uh, laptop as a <laughs> yeah but, but you never know so on the line we have uh, Clay Epperson. Clay, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. Um, you know, you're one of the names that comes up uh, from, but just about everybody, right? I mean, I've heard you on other other shows, and I've had guests on here, and I can't remember who it was. A couple of them said, "Man, you got to have Clay on. You got to have Clay on." And I've been messaged a few times, "Hey, you got to have Clay on." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I listen to the guy. I see your stuff." And you're just like a killing machine. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I could talk. I, I really need to talk to this guy. So um, for, for anybody who, who doesn't know you or, or you know, your, where you live and kind of what you do, I kind of thing, just kind of bring us up to kind of a quick speed here of uh, a, l- a little bit about you. Man, I am, uh, I am born and blessed in Texas. And we uh, obviously have a long hunting season. But then outside of deer season, um, we can get into something 365 days a year. Obviously, I'm surrounded by good stuff with hogs crawling all over it. So I, uh, the, the, the switch to Tradbow came pretty easy because I have so many opportunities. Therefore, I get, to, I, I get a lot more action than most just, just because of that. Yeah, so you're in Texas then. So where, what, what part of Texas is that? East, East Texas. I'm, uh, I'm about 25 miles west of Tyler, Texas, um, and about an hour and 15 minutes south east of Dallas. So right, okay, right in the right in the the piney woods. So so okay, you kind of alluded to that. Then what? So so this is past what people refer to as hill country texas right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that, the hill country would be um more west and then okay. obviously you know uh the the really really big deer that you know everybody comes of course most of it's high fence but mm-hmm. south south of me but uh we've got good deer here but mostly just uh just just good hunting opportunities with 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 a deer that most folks would be happy to fill a tag with yeah um so you you said you're born and bred there pretty much right is that yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What, yeah what what do you what do you do out there are you are you uh oil field yeah my my career is i'm in the oil and gas industry how's that doing right now as a little sidetrack uh, man it's uh for for me i'm okay but uh the writing's on the wall if, if things don't change it you know it could dip off pretty pretty rough um I, I hope i'm wrong but we definitely don't have an administration uh, we don't want to get political but we don't have an administration that is too worried about my my livelihood that's for sure no we, we can get as political as you want i don't care but yeah <laughs> I, I, I agree with you <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh i i know i have quite a few friends well, well a few friends in you know the oil and gas industry just in in various positions and stuff and uh yeah man it's it's kind of like it's it's just the booms and busts you know with 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 that and it's and it's it seems like with any other i I don't want to it's a commodity right and we can call it i guess maybe it's technically isn't even a commodity but any anything else like you know it it goes up and down a little bit i mean for 
whatever whatever we're talking about. We can be talking, uh, I don't know, houses, prices of cars, prices of, I don't know, tube socks. I don't know, whatever. But nothing, it seems like, is affected such like violently up and violently down as uh, uh, oil and gas as administration changes. You know, I mean, like talk about just opposite, like almost opposite extremes. That's it. It is 100 percent. And, you know, it's my family has has been oil and gas and uh, both my grand grandparents and fathers uh, were, were oil and gas guys. And it just uh, me and my brother both and, and my cousins were we're all entwined in it. And basically, you know, you got a greater chance in Texas. You know, most kids, if you don't go to college, you don't have a whole lot of options right around here to make, you know, make good money. So the oil field is kind of where most, most kids go, you know, or most, you know, a lot of them, but it's been good to me. I've been blessed and I've made it through most of the horrible shutdowns and layoffs and squeaked through, had a couple of, you know, months there where it got tight and I was laid off. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, I've, I've done well with it. So Hopefully I can continue it for a few more years and get my kids grown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who was I listening to this morning? I was listening to, uh, I don't know if you listened to Andy Stumpf at all, um, Cleared Hot, you know, uh, podcast. And uh, so, someone wrote in this morning, it was kind of like a Q&A thing. And, and same deal, you know, he was, uh, you know, he's like, man, the writing's on the wall, you know, I'm thinking of changing jobs and this, that, and the other. And he, he was kind of like, um, you know, when it's like mid early to mid forties kind of thing, kids, family, all that stuff, man, it's gotta be tough for, for, you know, any, any, you know, anyone in that industry. So I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about oil and <laughs> bad, yeah, yeah. bad politicians. We're here to talk about bow hunting. So, um, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, did, did you grow up with, uh, did you grow up hunting? Did you grow up with a bow in your hand yeah. or start with a rifle first? How did that, how did you evolve? Yeah. yeah uh, we we grew up hunting, but uh, the deer didn't really come into play here around the house until um, I was on up in my teenage years. But my my dad was uh, he was a lot bigger bird hunter. Uh, but we we had a we had a deer lease out in the hill country and started out with a rifle. And about twelve years old, my my parents bought me a. Uh, a compound for Christmas and uh as soon as I got a taste of that it was it was pretty much you know here and there I'd shoot one with a rifle but it was it was bow hunting and as I got 18 19 years old the trad bow came in and it's been uh it's it's been my main weapon of choice for uh I'm I'm 38 now so for for about 20 years now oh wow so what what was uh what was that first bow like when you uh transitioned from a compound pawn shop bear kodiak uh magnum okay uh, i i got all i got all the dollars worth out of it it was uh it was a cheap one and i ended up blowing the limb up on it um like I say, had no idea what I was doing i was shooting whatever arrows you, you know i'd come up with but um I was blessed at, you know, at a young age to kind of be a shop fly and, and run around and spend, you know, every minute that Rob and Mr. Bob Lee would allow me to, to hang out in the shop. And that that grew into a relationship that um, has lasted me this long. And 
I started shooting their bows. Um, I guess I was about 20, 21 when I, when I started shooting their bows and they just stuck. That's what I've, that's what I've found that fits me best and really haven't, I've shot most of the others and there's some great ones out there, but, but I've always stuck with the Bob Lees. How did that relationship start? Cause I know, I, I didn't know that you actually, uh, you know, kind of work there or helped out there. I knew, I knew that you shot bobblies and I wanted yeah. to get into, uh, you know, what makes a bobbly bucks. I've never shot one, but, um, how, how did that relationship start? I would say, man, just as a young guy, um, stopping in and, uh, bugging them to death about, you know, what, what bow I needed helping me, you know, get some areas tuned. And Rob has always been, um, more than generous with his time uh not not just with me that's just that's you you ask what makes a bob lee a bob lee um the the lee clan is just they're just downright good people um on top of making a really really good bow that's well built um they're just good people and they they give they give of their time uh very well when somebody stops in uh, they're busy. They keep moving, but any question they can, they're going to answer. And, um, that, that's pretty much how it started for me is, is just them pretty much taking me in under their wing and helping me get started and understanding, you know, uh, traditional bows. And there's a lot of history tied up in that name. So I've just, I've just always been, been, you know, They've always been high on the list for me. I've shot, I've shot some other really good boyers, uh, bows, and have nothing negative to say about them. But it's just home for me is is Bob Lee, and uh, that's that's pretty much it, man. How far away um, are you from that from that shop? About thirty-five minutes. Oh man, that'd be dangerous. Yeah, and, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's so dangerous. Thing. It's it's uh it it is it is, and I'm sure there's been plenty of times that I like wanted to lock the doors on me. But uh, yeah, it's uh it it's it's been a good it's been a good thing for me. It's been a bad thing for my bank account, but a good. Uh, you know, it's a, that'd be it, like me not, living next to like a Skittles factory or something, yeah, you know, yeah. or like a gummy bear factory. Man, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Man. It's uh, and and the bad thing is, is they're always coming out with, they're always taking it a step farther, you know. So, um, not nothing wrong with the ones that were built, you know, in in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. But it's it's always that new one that hits the press. You got to, you feel like you got to have it, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what was the uh, what, what, do you remember what the first animal was you took with uh? I'm guessing. Well, did, did you did you did you shoot anything with with, with the Kodiak yeah. Magnum or or did you? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually killed uh, some small game with it. Um, plenty of rabbits, some coons, and uh, the the top limb actually blew up on me drawing. Um, I, I was fixing to shoot a critter, and the top limb blew up on me in a deer stand, scared the fire oh, out of me. But uh, it, it it was the best thing that's ever happened because nothing wrong with those bows, but I didn't know. I didn't know what kind of difference there was between the two. So, mm -hmm. um, and I, uh, I started, I started with, like I say, with that bear and killed a couple of critters, you know, small game, never, never killed anything big. Um, left, left the shop with a brand new Bob Lee. And the very next day I killed, um, I killed, I killed a, a pig with, 
with that Bob Lee nice. and the rest has been history. <laughs> and then the body count just like starts stacking up and up and up and up. Yeah, man. I've I've uh I've been extremely blessed with lots of opportunities and I've got lucky enough to make the best out of most of them. So now um where where you hunt is it on uh i know texas there's a lot of private it's like it's like mostly private uh are you still yeah. on like a deer lease are you on private like access to ranches uh, is it different yeah, for pigs and deer man i i my brother is two years older than me and he um he just has a knack of being in the right place at the right time and uh we've got a little access to family friend land um but he still the deal for us when we were young on a place to run dogs and <clears throat> we used to run dogs for for hogs and um it grew into a relationship that the landowner um he uh he wasn't real big on having people on their you know on their place but we uh we treated it right and he thought enough of us to slowly give us a little bit more um leeway and it's turned into being able to run dogs and trap mm. hogs to bow hunting it. Um, and the kids, they get to rifle hunt it. And that's, it's a big place. It's, it's a little over 800 acres. Um, and then my brother married into um, some, some land. Uh, his father-in-law's got quite a bit of lease land. And it, it, if you've got 15 acres in Texas, uh, you're, you're going to have hogs at some point. So yeah. Um, but as far as the deer hunting, we, uh, we, we do some traveling and I'm, I'm lucky enough to have friends in low places that let me, you know, bounce around with them to, to some places and we lease some land. So a little bit of mix of everything. We, we hunt some public, not much. There's, there's actually not much public close to me that you can just fall off in and hunt. It's, it's draw hunts, uh, on the public that's, that's close enough for me to make it worth driving too daily you know so yeah but we hunt the midwest uh we've got some private and some public access up there in kansas that we that we've been hunting for about 13 14 years now so we've done really good up there with you know with with the with the archer equipment so hmm. when was uh when was the first time you uh shot your first deer then oh man um probably 20 21 22 years old um i killed i killed my first my first deer with a trad bow and uh actually my first four or five years with a trad bow were about as were about as good as i've ever had to be honest with you uh, i killed uh pretty much filled my tags um we had fell into a place that was uh it was city deer. It's kind of like what you have in uh, some of the Pennsylvania states, Virginia, uh, up there where they have so many deer in the neighborhoods that they do the nuisance type hunts. Well, that's kind of what we had. Um, we could only bow hunt because it was in the city limits. And there was one little pinch point on that place. And me and my brother just stumbled upon that place. And uh, you were going to have 20, 30 deer walk underneath your tree oh, every geez. set. Wow. And uh, it was kind of, 
it was it was set up for stick bow hunting and we uh we definitely got our feet wet at the right time with with that <laughs> yeah they've got uh I'm in, I'm in minnesota so they've got plenty plenty of those too you know they kind of do them uh the you know like lottery type stuff where uh in like city parks and uh you know, just walking trail places and that kind of stuff. So they'll close them off. They'll close it off for the weekend or whatever it is. And, you know, you got to qualify for, you know, you got to, you got to shoot, you know, whatever X many inches at X many yards or whatever, before they give you a certificate and all that stuff. But, um, so until this past year, I was traveling so much. So I, I, I never applied for those hunts because I was never going to be home to, to do them. So finally I'm home now. I'm not traveling for work anymore. And then, because of course of COVID and this explosion of like people's like interest in hunting and archery, you know, bow hunting specifically, um, they've cut off any new entries because they've got such an influx of people that are wanting to do it that now like I can't even apply <laughs> to, to do that. I'm like, man, <laughs> you know, is that the way it works? Yeah, and there's like a ton of deer. I mean, a ton of deer. Uh, in all the urban areas around here, you know, but, uh, of course, when, you know, Emra steps into the woods, uh, in, in, in public hunting, of course, like they're, you know, I, I, I can't get on them, but, um, it's all I can do, you know, every, you know, every morning to not hit one on the way to work, you know, and they're actually, uh, there's, you know, in the industrial comp complex kind of area where I kind of, you know, within like, I don't know, a half mile, uh, radius of where I work. I mean, they're, they're just, they're just bedded there. They're in the parking lots. They're in the side grass hills and stuff of these buildings, you know, like on a Sunday when there's no one there and they're frolicking around. I'm like, man, this would be such target rich, you know, but that's, <laughs> it, it's a shame. The people writing the rules don't understand them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there's, there's, there's too much interest is the problem. So, um, yeah, like, so, so they cut off any, any new applications because they have, you know, they, they, they've, I mean, obviously it makes sense. They've only got so many, uh, so many dates and so many, uh, you know, uh, people they can have, you know, on there to do that kind of stuff. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, some of this wanes, you know, like, just like with anything else, right. People try something new, whether it's hunting or whether it's like, like traditional bow hunting or, or what have you. There's a huge influx of people, and then it, it, it sifts out the people, you know, it sifts out the uh, the people that are just kind of, you know, dabbling their toes in it for a little bit, and then they just don't, they're not really, really that into it, and they kind of lose interest. I'm hoping, I know it's bad to say because we need all the hunters we can get, blah, 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 but um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that kind of wanes a little bit in the next, like, year or two and kind of goes back to the way it was. Uh, it's yeah, selfish, yeah, I, but, you know. I'm, well, I mean, you know, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's. We definitely want all the support we can get, but as me and me and Ethan have talked about that. It's like <clears throat> I don't want everybody to to bow hunt, but the problem is, is <clears throat> when they get a taste of it, but then they turn out okay. Well, I can't do the recurve of the longbow thing. Well, the next thing they're going to put in their hands is a, is a crossbow. Yeah. So we've lost that soul. I mean, I guess yeah, they're hunting, but it dirties up the water for the archery seasons no matter what state we've got long seasons it doesn't affect us that much mm -hmm. but it's just the fact that uh the northern states really get pounded with that and i really didn't understand that until i started paying a little bit more attention to it um it uh it, it definitely affects you guys way worse the crossbows affect yeah. you guys 
and and hunting seasons in general way more for y'all than it does for us yeah um you know my my stance is it doesn't belong in archery season Uh, Uh, it's it's not it's not archery you know yeah yeah i think nothing against them yeah, I think but, way too many people use the excuse of I'm disabled or, or old or this, that, and the other when, um, I mean, when, when I see people, when I see like like really disabled, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I don't mean to like cast aspersions on people. Everyone is dealing with stuff in their own way if they're disabled in some way. But when I see like people missing limbs and they're like shooting archery with like a mouth tab in their foot, you know, yeah, it's like if, yeah. if you have like a bad shoulder you can pull a 30, 35 pound bow back. You don't want to because it doesn't sound manly. That's the issue I have with it. I understand you can't pull a 50, 60, 45, whatever pound bow back, but don't tell me you can't even pull like a 30 pound compound back, you know, and, 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 and hunt with that. I, I'm not buying it. No. And, and, and like I say, you know, I, my stance is where, you know, so for me, I'm hunting 800 acres. There's, 10 acres to 100 acres to 1,000 acre tracks around me, it, it, I could care less what they're using. But in a state where your biggest opportunity is public land, well, there's only so many acres and so many people that it can handle. Well, yeah. if 80% of them are walking in with a, uh, a crossbow and that's the direction it's headed, well, they're not going to put in the effort that you and I are. And that's that's not a jab at anybody. You don't have to. You can walk in, set up against a tree, set in a tree da- a downfall, whatever, where me and you, our opportunities are going to be way less if we stay on the ground. It, it is it doable? Absolutely. Is it going to lead you to more success? Probably not. You know, so totally different when you get up to a, a state that's most mostly public land access versus a state like Texas where, you know, my neighbors don't really affect what happens on on my side of the fence. Yeah, they might kill a deer that we were looking at or whatever, but as far as the weapon you choose, our seasons are so long and the opportunity is so great, it it's just not that big of a deal. I like I like the uh, the term you used. Um, it muddies up the waters because I I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, it it brings in more money, more tags. Well, okay, fine. Um, what's the difference if they use this versus you know something else? It's just they you know uh, it's a rifle hunter coming over and then they don't want to like really shoot a bow, but they want to kind of sort of sh- shoot something with like an arrow, you know, whatever. But it's like okay. I, those people will still go and buy a rifle tag and they buy a yeah. crossbow tag. And like you said, there's more of them in seasons uh, that were set aside to be very difficult to shoot things with. Yeah. And the success rates yep. are not supposed to be high, but they're becoming astronomically high. You know, I've said it before, you know, the deer are supposed to win. That's the way it's set up that way. That's why we have these long seasons. The deer are supposed to win. You know, That's it. Um, a long time, not a long time, but a, a bunch of years ago. Do you, do you listen to to, um, to to Jason Samkoviak at all? Yeah. Uh, traditional. Hunter. Yeah. So he I think there was um, I don't know if it was the name of the episode or not, but it was it was kind of on the on the exact same thing. Um, and he said, you know, your 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 deer tag is not a meat voucher. 
you know, you're not owed anything. All you're buying is the opportunity to go and chase them. That's it. You know, you're, you're not buying. So all this easy button stuff, you're not owed anything. So I don't know. I get I get pretty riled up about that stuff. Somebody actually the other I was looking oh, through, through the reviews and ratings on on the podcast, and somebody gave me like a one star and a bad review saying, "Hey, I used to listen. I don't anymore. You're anti crossbow and this." And I'm like, "Well, okay, fine. You know, then then don't listen. But I'm not going to well, change my views on it because there's a well, reason the for deal. it." Yeah, and and here's the deal. And I know th- this is not a crossbow bashing po- uh, you know podcast, but it, it's like this, okay. I fancy myself as a bow hunter. I fancied myself as a bow hunter when I was shooting a compound. But I watched the show the other day, and it my jaw hit the floor. This guy shot a doe with a crossbow. I wasn't paying attention to it, but I'm thinking, yeah, cool. I mean, he shot he shot a doe with a crossbow at 15 yards on a corn pile. That you know, congratulations. Well, then all of a sudden, this big buck walks out. And he's like, oh, man, look at this big buck. And he shoulders the crossbow again and pulls the trigger. And I'm thinking, he never even cocked it. Huh. It's a two-limb crossbow that shoots two bolts. Oh, that's, that's new. Hunting, that's new, yeah. That's not. T- show me anywhere how you can even have an educated conversation with me and try to make me come over to the fact that that's bow hunting. Exactly. And that ain't. That it's, it's just, it's not. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, the, you know. the devil's advocate will say, well, you have like five arrows in your quiver. You know, you can, you can launch, you know, a bunch of arrows. But it's, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's not the same. I mean, you know it. I know it. Anybody that, you know, I, I'm I, we, you and I, I can't, I mean, if people need convincing, you and I are probably not going to convince them one way or another. Yeah, you know we, what I mean? we've lost They either, they either yeah, believe the same thing or they don't. Title. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, anyway, but um, so you, you touched on the uh, you know corn pile thing, right? So yeah, a lot of people, and again, my stance is I don't care. A lot of people are going to say, well, in Texas they do they do corn piles. You know what, what's the difference? You know what's more, uh, you know if you say crossbows are unethical, then what about shooting deer over or, or anything else over over corn? Um, I, I don't know if you bait, first of all, but what, what's your, what's your, what's your take on that? What's your answer to that? Yeah, you know, actually we, um, we do bait some, uh, but honestly, if you dump a pile of corn out in, in my neck of the woods, you just turned your deer hunt into a hog hunt. So, um, <laughs> yeah. we, if, if we're hunting corn, we're hunting corn because we're shooting pigs. So. And and at that rate, I, I'm trying to kill pigs. I don't care if it's with a hand grenade. My my mission is is to kill them. Uh, my deer hunting in the last, I would say, ten to twelve years has changed. Um, I've spent a lot more time. Me and my brother both learning. You know, okay, if we put ourselves on this trail, we're we we know that the does are going to walk this. It's just what they do. We've spent way more time getting better at hunting versus sitting, hoping that something comes to a corn pile, if that makes sense. Now, I will say this. When I'm in Kansas, during the rut, I'm going to put corn on the ground because it might give you that five seconds of him stopping and putting his nose in it. And do I feel like I'm less of a hunter? 
we're up there. We've got five to seven days. Um, if I had multiple opportunities to travel back and forth and spend, you know, multiple weeks up there, uh, I, I probably would hunt different. But most of our deer don't get killed off of off of corn. They get killed chasing a doe through, and you get them to stop. So I'm not against uh, baiting. I've done it plenty. Um, but I've got to where I don't do it as much deer hunting. But as far as hog hunting, absolutely. I'm going to have <laughs> Fair game. every, I want, yeah, I want them suckers feeding to where they keep their head down and let me walk up behind them. And, and I want every advantage that, that I can have. Yeah. Um, so my, my extent of hog hunting has been, uh, down in, in Florida, uh, for many years, except for this past year, uh, but I've gone to, you know, those kind of pay to pay, pay to play pay places, you know, uh, yeah. you know, just for the, for the morning or for the day or whatever, you pay a couple hundred bucks and, you know, it's over a corn feeder and that kind of thing. Um, and you know, they come in and it's, it, it was up until this, well, not this, but the year before, uh, it was with a rifle. So then I switched to, uh, you know, to, to a bow cause I shot plenty of them with a rifle. It just, after that, it's just like, okay. As much as I love the meat and I love doing all that stuff, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of shooting them with a rifle. So right. what I found though is, as long as there's corn on the ground, at this one, at, at this, at not this one particular place, but all the places I've been to, and like three or four different ones, if there's corn on the ground, they don't care. I mean, like, you can sit there, twelve yards away in like a little, you know, eight foot ladder stand and do jumping jacks. They do not care. It, um, they're as so habituated as the to it. Right. As long yeah. as what? As long as the wind's right. Yeah, you know, okay, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know whether they smelled me or not, but I know they look up and see me. They know they look up and see like a, you know a big big blob up there in the in, in the thing moving around. They'll look up and they won't care. As long, I mean, they're just that corn hungry at this one at this one place. Um, I've gone I've gone to this one place. Uh, I don't know, probably like four or five times, and couple other places you know several times but um yeah i i just they just but as soon as the corn's gone they're way more wary but they're i think their their desire to feed and eat you know this just they, they throw they throw all this other stuff out you know you know caution oh, to the wind kind of thing absolutely no and that's that's um you know we we do several things i mean obviously we hunt feeders uh, we put lights on our feeders where we can we can either set on them after dark or we can approach them you know and shoot them from the ground uh but once they get under that feeder especially if there's multiple hogs you can pretty much upright walk into you know 25 yards yeah. um if they're out in the field feeding there's always going to be that one, especially if she's played or he's played the game a time or two and had had a pig shot, you know, next to them. Um, if they pick their head up and all of a sudden there's just there's something there that wasn't one thing that that a pig will not do. Like a deer will stand there and investigate um, where I'm at. If if something is out of place or if they catch a whiff of you, there is no hesitation. They just run. And yeah. You, they may only run 150 yards. You can get the wind right, go right back to them, get on them. You know, I'll chase the same group of pigs around. You know, a lot of times I leave after my kids go to bed. Uh, 
it'll be 10 o'clock before I leave the house. I'll chase the same group of pigs around. It may be four o'clock in the morning by, by, before I get my shot, but I'm going to kill one. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'll be that determined that, you know, if they keep letting me make stalks, it's going to happen at some point. Um, and that's just, that's just the way, but they do not mess around as far as giving you an opportunity. If you do, if you make a mistake, they're going to make you work for it. <laughs> yeah. But that's, they get absolutely pounded here. I mean, everybody's running thermal, everybody's dropping, uh, cell traps on them. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a business here. Hog hunting is a business mm-hmm. in Texas. So, you know, they're, they're way more pressured around me than a lot of people. Now, they used to not be. It used to be the dumbest things in the world. You know, me and my brother used to hunt them with mag lights and take turns shooting them at 10 yards, you know. So, them days are gone for us. If you get a 20-yard shot now, it's it's when we break that 20-yard mark, we're, we're shooting. So, hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I certainly want to chase them more, you know, on the ground you know, kind of fair chase. You know, I just, I just, I just haven't had the opportunity to do that. I've done it a few times, but, uh, you know, kind of, kind of sick of the, uh, you know, sit over, over, over the feeder pay, you know, pay and sit over a feeder kind of thing. But, um, yeah, here, here's kind of like a side question. Um, and this could apply to deer. It could apply to hogs, apply to anything. You know how we always hear, um, we hear it a lot with deer where, you know, back in the day, the deer were dumb. They don't look up. They don't do that. Today's deer, they look up. Now, the life cycle oh, of the deer is like three, four years. My question is, is that something that then gets like, like, uh, well, inbred is probably the wrong term, but I, um, it, the bred into that. I definitely them, think it's a learned, yes. I think it's a learned, um, I think it's a learned trait that, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I guess, animals in, in, in Africa, you know, if you watch mm-hmm. them drink, they're going to they're gonna get as close to the water as they can, but stay as far away from it as possible, if that makes sense. You know, because they know that water is life and death for them. And I think that just over, over time for us, and I'll give you, uh, I'll give you, you People probably roll their eyes and be like, okay, man, this day's full of it. But they're bad here. Um, our deer, they look up. I mean, we get busted trying to draw just, just like everywhere. But <clears throat> I went and hunted Mississippi a couple of years ago with a buddy. And all he had talked about was how bad it, how hard it was to get drawn and how high you needed to hunt to stay above, you know. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I was like, well, what do I need to bring? You know, this was before I was hunting out of a saddle or anything. So he was like, bring a climber, you know, bring a climber because you're going to need to get really high. <clears throat> so I get there and he's like, all right, here's the deal, man. I'm going to put you on the edge of this green field. They're going to walk the edge of it. You're going to get some opportunities. There's going to be some deer come in, but do not pick a tree where you have to climb on you know with your climber to the field side make sure you climb because if you scar that tree up they're gonna it's gonna freak them out and i was like man you are you are so crap like what that's, man that's exactly what i said so me being me 
I get there and I'm like, okay, this is the perfect tree, but it's got a huge briar ball on the back side of it. And I was like, okay, if I get five foot, I can get around and I, then I'll climb the back side of the tree. If I'm lying, I'm dying. The big lead doe, when she walked into the field at a hundred yards, she froze in her tracks and stared at the base of that tree and she blew her ever loving mind out. Stomp, blue, stomp, blue, run into the woods, run back. She finally made it to about 30 yards and I could see her eyes. And I'm telling you, if I'm lying, I'm dying. That sun gun walked up that tree with her eyes and found those scuff marks that I had put on there <laughs> with that climbing stand. And she followed that tree all the way up to my climber. And when she finally got to me, I seen her eyes hit me, game over. She did a backflip before she got out of that, out of that tree. And so when I got back, I had to fess up. I was like, man, I, I honestly thought that he was like, dude, I wasn't playing with you. I mean, they're that skittish. But Mississippi is a special place where, you know, hunting is a lifestyle there still. I mean, it has not died out any. Everybody hunts. Kids to grandkids, grandparents, everybody hunts. And it's, you know, those deer – they come out ducking and jiving and looking, and <laughs> I learned my lesson. And, uh, you know, maybe it was a one-time deal, and she just picked up on something, but it was too crazy watching her eyes look up that tree and find me. And uh, so there you have it. <laughs> I think it's a learned behavior. So, so you think, like, the deer of today are born, like, with a fear of kind of um... – danger from above that deer from like 15 years ago didn't have i think so i think i think a lot of it is is you have so many people um because see mississippi for granted you know for instance is is loaded with public land and those deer travel um you know where i was hunting i was right on the break of the delta and the hills and uh when that river floods so you'll have delta deer that come up into the hills so they see so much in a year you know because they get moved around so much and um you know maybe not all of them but i think if 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 that lead doe of a doe family is walking through looking up at every tree i think yeah. the rest of them just pick up on it so they pass that on you know what i'm saying yeah, uh, I definitely think it's something that year by year is passed on to to the fawns. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that they've got a Ph.D. from uh, A&M, but they definitely know what's going on in their woods. And if 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 you're stuck out on a tree with no cover, you're not killing nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's crazy how, how smart you know, the, these, these things are without even knowing that they're smart. You know, they don't even know that they're not smart kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. To you. Um, so let's, let's stick with the deer thing and then we can go back to pigs in a little bit, but, um, so when you're deer hunting, you, you mentioned you're out of a saddle. Is that, uh, are, are you on, uh, cause you hunt mostly private. It sounds like. So although they're kind of big tracts, do you have certain trees that uh you typically hunt and you just prefer the saddle or or do you just kind of move around i mean what's what's your what's your reasoning for that a little bit of both um my my feed trees early season change so the saddle really really came in the deer i killed this year 
um, we had a lot of persimmons that were falling and I was bouncing back and forth. Um, my first week home, I missed the first week of bow season and I had four big groves of persimmons, four different groves over that 800 acre place. And, uh, so my first hunt, um, I hunted a huge oak tree that there was no other way. I actually spiked up with, um, tree steps and got to some limbs and climbed the limbs and just threw my tether over a limb. I wasn't even attached to the tree. That's how big it was. And, uh, I shot a, a big boar hog at daylight and a cow about an hour after and saw some deer the next morning. Um, I shot, uh, no, I, I'm sorry. My first morning I killed the 10 point, uh, hunting out of a saddle and I was hunting persimmon trees on the, on the total opposite place. Um, just hunting a big trail. I was probably a hundred yards off of the, uh, persimmons on a main trail. And by nine o'clock in the morning, he comes strolling through, um, uh, and had I not been in the saddle, I would have never killed him because he came in on the back side of the tree and I was able to, you know, turn around and, and move around the back side of the tree. But, uh, the last two years, I've, I've seen value in the saddle. Uh, it will wear you out. I like to sit, you know, from – I normally <clears throat> drop the kids off in the morning. So I do hunt different trees, to answer your question. I, we have some sets that are proven every year. They're going to be good during the rut. Um, you're going to see lots of deer. You're going to be in the in that highway. Um, but if you – if you mess up a time or two and that big buck, you know, gets wind of you or bust you, obviously you've got to make some changes. So I've, I've found value. I'm not, I'm not a saddle guy that's, you know, waits to tell everybody at the parties, Hey man, I hunt out of a saddle, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that guy, but I, I do, I, I, I do CrossFit and I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I did, I did my bird piece today and I hunted out of a saddle. So I'm, I'm going to need somebody to, you know, give me a star. Yeah. But no, it's uh, there's definitely value in it. But um, for the guys that claim it's it's oh man, it's so comfortable. They're lying. Well, I, I say that. I mean, maybe it is to them. But I'm if I have my rethers, I'm gonna be in a millennium, uh, on a creek crossing where I can sit, you know, till till it's dark. And that's just uh, that's what I would prefer. But sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And and uh the saddle definitely fills a gap for, for me, um, to be able to bounce around when feed trees are the big thing where you can hit multiple areas, even in the same day, you can hunt, uh, with minimal effort getting up and down, you know, trees. So. Yeah. It's, it's just a tool, right? I mean, and yeah, uh, yes, I, you don't I, have yeah. to be committed to it a hundred percent of the time. Uh, you know, I mean, you could, I don't know, I don't know if you got any ladder stands. I'm sure you can do just as well out of a ladder, ladder stand in some places, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Are you, uh, are you, are you using any kind of platform or uh, just kind of curious about that setup you yeah. got? Yeah. Um, I use, I use a platform and for anybody that's ever asked me, man, is the saddle worth it? It's worth it if you have a platform. Uh, I tried the first year hunting off just the top section of my steps or finding limbs, and it, it never works out. And the thing about a saddle, if you're not comfortable, you're constantly shifting and moving. Uh, maybe in the Midwest you can get away with it, but here in East Texas, if you're every five to ten minutes, if you're having to adjust your weight, um, 
it it's just not going to work. Uh, you're you're going to get busted every every deer that comes through. Um, you're not going to get that shot in in the first two minutes, and your daggum legs will be trying to go to sleep. The platform changes all of that. I mean, you can really get comfortable. A three or four hour set in a saddle with a platform is doable, even if if you're like me and you're not in the greatest of shape. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 doable for me to hunt. You know, three or four hours pretty easy without having to do a bunch of adjusting. But without what, the platform, uh, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Which which one do you have? The tethered um, predator. Uh, predator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I, got I, buddies that uh, <laughs> that are on the cruiser and the uh, trophy line. They're all great. Um, they're you know just they all have have they've all come a long ways. I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm still I'm still rocking the original Tacto saddle, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where you know everyone when it first came out, everyone kind of made fun of it, and it's like it's like butt floss, it's like a you know, <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you know what I mean, kind of things like a bikini or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it is it is so comfortable for me. I, I don't I don't want to change. You know, I've I've tried. Uh, well, I tried the first tether that came out, and uh, I had the same issues with that. That uh, the the uh, not the Phantom, the the one before that. Yeah, um, the madness is madness. Yep. So, but I, I haven't tried the other ones, and I'm I'm told they're much much more comfortable. But yeah, uh, you know, my my issue is I'm a fidgeter, right? And that's that's 100 my fault, not not the fault of any equipment. Yeah. Um, so I'll fidget whether I'm sitting in a tree stand or sitting on the ground or you know swinging around in a saddle. So that's that's all on me. But I I I find it comfortable. Um, I just I need a better I need a better platform uh, to be able to do some of these kind of twisting away around the tree shots. And to see, feel and that, that right there, um, I've had several guys come to the house and they're like, man, I just, I want to know why, why would I want to hunt out of a saddle? And all I do is I throw that platform around. I've got a telephone pole in my yard and, uh, I put it a couple of foot off the ground and that's the first thing I show them is how you can rotate away from the tree and how many times with, with a stick bow, do you have a deer that's standing, you know, five yards from the base of the tree? That's a, that's a difficult shot to pull off. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that, that, that 10 point that I killed last year, I shot him at, you know, five to eight yards, maybe. Uh, he had walked, actually he had cut my ground scent and he was kind of froze, um, trying to decide what he needed to do and had no idea that I was leaned out away from the tree, fixing to shoot, you know, straight down through him. And that the saddle makes that shot almost, you know, it's not my preferred shot just because it's, you know, I would rather them be out there and get both lungs, mm -hmm. but it is definitely a shot that out of a tree stand, it's difficult to get out away from the platform. You know, if that makes sense. I'm, you know, yep. I've had a lot of deer come in and get right underneath the platform of my lock on and not be able to make it happen. Cause you just can't get your body in a good angle. Uh, you're basically bending at the waist trying to draw parallel and it just, for me, I'm a short dude, so it, it, that's a tough shot. But out of the out of the saddle, that's one shot that 
doesn't affect me at all. I've killed a bunch of hogs walking right underneath me out of the saddle. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I, I was I was going to ask you about that because um, you don't see a lot of hog hunting done out of saddles. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why, right? Any any of the stuff that I that I watch on YouTube or whatever, it's you know, it's either out of off the ground or you know, out of uh, you know your your typical tree stand kind of thing or ladder stands. Um, but I don't see may, may, maybe because a lot of that I'm watching is you know private land over a Fader, feeder yeah. that kind of thing, yeah. right? So you have just like a a set stand, and that's where it's going to be, and that's where they're going to come to you. But I guess with a saddle, and if you're moving around a little bit, uh, you're you're kind of chasing them around a little. Well, not necessarily right in that moment chasing them, but you know, kind of going to where they might be. Uh, it's just not something I've seen a ton of. So I'd, I'd I'd be I'd be curious to you know to watch some of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it it definitely it definitely opens up a new game. I mean, for for places to where you've like us, I mean, we've had a long time to figure out kind of the movements of pigs. I mean, they don't do the same thing um, every night, every day. But when when a food source is readily available, for as long as that food source is available, they're going to continue to do somewhat near the same thing. They're 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 more patternable than people think they are. Hmm. Uh, a creek crossing or a fence crossing. Um, if 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 they do it two days in a row, if you're there the third day, you're going to kill them. You know that that's something that I can tell you with with certainty. I I would not lose money making that bet. That if yeah. you get a picture of a pig doing the same thing two days in a row, you need to be there the third day and kill him. Are they um, kind of a shift of gears here, but still in the same same vein? There, you you mentioned earlier. You said uh, you know it's big business down there, right? Hogs are big business. So yes. we we always hear like the kind of dichotomy of like, oh, they're you know they're 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 tearing everything up, and we got to shoot them out of helicopters and dynamite them and this and that. Can't eradicate enough of them. Um, but then. You also hear that it's big business that, you know, these things are trapped and moved from, you know, ranch to ranch kind of thing for people to hunt and, and this, that, and the other. And the question always comes up. It's like, well, if there's such a nuisance, why, you know, why are we paying, you know, trespass fees or whatever on ranches to go shoot them? Um, my understanding, and correct me, say, you know, yes, no, whatever, whatever. My understanding is that uh, it, it's a little bit cloudy that way because... Yes, they tear everything up, but no, you, you know, people just ranchers just can't have people willy-nilly running around their 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 property uh, for liability reasons, for for other livestock that's, reasons. I mean, is is that kind of my tracking right that's, there? That's it. That's it. I mean, if 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 we go a week, two weeks around here without a farmer posting a picture of a cow or a calf shot um, by somebody spotlighting from the road. Or you know, uh, a horse caught by a bulldog that somebody turned loose and they missed the hog, and the next thing it came to was a horse and they tore the nose out of it. Oh, Jesus! It's man, I get where people from the outside looking in are like, well, daggone it, they they must not be that big of a problem if if folks won't let you come on their place. Well, the thing is, is 
those folks have been burnt so many times by good old boys that promised them the world, hey, we'll clean up after ourselves, we'll leave it like, mm -hmm. and they don't. They come in, and then the next time they bring 20 of their buddies, and um, when they cut loose with, you know, thermals and ARs, uh, they have no idea that, you know, behind them was a wad of, you know, black Angus cows, and they just busted three or four of them in the guts. It is. It's just, yeah, I mean, and it doesn't take very many people in a community to have a bad experience like that and so these other people never have but they've heard that story oh man i'm just not real crazy about letting people but that said that's where the bow and arrow comes into play and i mean i'm not scared of being told no i hit if i hear somebody talking about you know man hogs are killing me hogs are killing me oh hey man look i I've got guns. I've, I've got the thermal set up, but if, if the only option for me to come in there and hunt your hogs is for me to do it with my recurve, that's what I prefer anyways. Um, and it works, um, you know, and, and I, I told Ethan and then this the other day on a, on a podcast, I don't want to give away all my secrets, but, um, if you see pigs rooting a bar ditch on the same person's property over and over, those pigs, come out you know at night they'll be standing around on the side of the road well during the day you're probably not ever going to get a chance at them but at night you know after i make a loop through all my stuff i know four or five properties that i've got permission from the landowners like man i really don't want you on my place but if you can kill them on my fence lines um you're still doing me a favor and if if they run off with your era and you want to go get your era uh you know so be it but i'm not giving you permission to just walk off through my property but you can definitely shoot them on my fence line. Well, hey, mm. that, that's a win-win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't I don't need permission to hunt your whole place, but on my way home from hunting places that I do have that ability, uh, if I catch them in your bar ditch, uh, I'm just going to whack them in a bar ditch. And I've killed probably of the last 10 pigs I've killed, uh, you know, half of them have been in a bar ditch, you know. I could care less where I kill them. I just like shooting them. <laughs> when when you're seeing bar ditch, is that just like the like the ditch off the side of the road, or what is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, the ditch the ditch off the side of their, uh, the road in between them and their barbed wire fence where okay. you know where their gate where their gate starts. I mean, it's still their property, but uh, you know, I'll just uh, I'll spot them with the thermal, and or a lot of times you'll see them in the headlights. Go down, get the wind right, and walk right up the side of the road. Like I say, you know, there might be cars come by. I've had 18-wheelers blow their horns at me. But, uh, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. I've got permission from the landowner. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a big that's a big deal for me. Uh, it just opens up. It just opens up one more opportunity. You know, I'm maybe one of these days I'll grow up. But uh, right now I'm having too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, you know it must be nice living in such a uh, target rich environment you know because you like you said you get so many opportunities you get to hone your your stocking skills and shooting skills and and, and everything absolutely absolutely and I, and and i guess maybe i used to take that for granted um but i've learned to to be really proud of 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 that opportunity and and to just really see how blessed you know we we are down here you know because i guess if i didn't know any better it wouldn't be that big a deal but it would I, I would go absolutely stir crazy if i knew at the end of deer season i had to wait you know six months eight months 
for for hunting season to row back around and and i had to fish which i love to fish but um i i love i love dropping the string on that recurve way more <laughs> no uh absolutely um okay i kind of want to circle back a little bit to your equipment here so you're like a diehard bobbly guy uh yeah. shot him yeah. shot him forever uh do you want to kind of go through your uh your, your kind of setup there and what you're what you know what what you're shooting yeah. what or did you change it up for anything oh yeah yeah no i started out uh against rob's better judgment uh my first bow was 58 pounds it was a <laughs> it was a 60 inch 58 pound bob lee smoke edition uh recurve and i shot that bow for probably three or four years and killed um I, I I would be lying to you if I even threw a number at you, but I was mad at them, and uh, <laughs> I killed a bunch of pigs with that bow. Uh, at the time, I was shooting gold tips with either a Zawicki or a Magnus broadhead, um, killing them as dead as anything can. Uh, then they came out with the mm-hmm. Ultimate, and I bought a 64-pound, 60-inch Ultimate. And, um, same deal hunted with it for really all the way up until about three years ago. And, um, about maybe five years ago, I twisted something in my shoulder one day at work and my, I just couldn't shoot. It it was too much. So I had Rob sand the limbs down to 55 pounds and that was better. Um, but I had, I had lost some draw because I just, my shoulder just wasn't strong enough to handle it. And I shot it way longer than I should have before dropping weight. And, um, I got a, a hardcore built that was 48 pounds. And after shooting that 48 pound hardcore, uh, blowing through big pigs, uh, and a longbow, I had a 40, uh, had a recurve and a longbow built, uh, both 48 pounds and was blowing through big pigs deer just the same as i was with the heavier limbs um i'll never check up that that's that's pretty much the weight i'm going to stick with the 40 47 to 50 51 pounds is about as heavy as as i'll probably ever shoot um because there's no reason uh with a good arrow i'm shooting day six uh micro diameter arrows with their uh evo xl broadhead and to be honest with you i i know there's other great products on the market but for what i do and what i'm the the performance that i'm getting i have i have zero reason and i don't see myself needing to change uh really anytime soon or ever for that matter so yeah so upper 40s and what uh yeah what's what's your uh what's your arrow coming in at like weight wise um i i'm shooting a 400 spine with a 50 grain uh centric outsert 200 grain broadhead so 250 up front total arrow is is right at um 560 so you know i'm i'm up there uh i've got some 500s that are right at 10 grains uh per pound and I was playing with those um, just in case I went to some 3D shoots that had some longer targets, but I don't get a chance with work to do a lot. So 
My hunting and target setup is the, is the 400 spine, and it's like uh, right at 12 grains per pound total. You know, uh, arrow weight's 560, so it's a it's a pretty good bullet coming out of that dude. And I it hadn't checked up yet. I mean, if if anything, it'll hang at the fletchings because it hit dirt on the other side. You know. Yeah, yeah. Do you um? So you you've shot probably more deer than I can than I can count, or, or more p- pigs than I can probably count. But um, do you do, do you find you got to shoot them differently, um, placement wise? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know the the whole people, shield thing. I mean, is it overblown? Is nah, it a reality? No, nah, it's it's overblown. I mean, I've killed some some big boar hogs uh, with with a pretty good shield on them. But if you're shooting a sharp cut on content, now if you're shooting a mechanical or something like that of a compound, uh, I've seen them stop dead in their tracks. But a lot of times people hit them in the shoulder joint and, and call it the shield. There's, that's just a bad shot. I mean, it happens. Right. But the shield is nothing but a layer of fat. I mean, it's, yeah, there's some of them that are thicker than others and, and tough, but uh, a well-tuned arrow you're getting into the lungs i'm not gonna say you're gonna get a pass through but if you're not something's wrong with your setup i've shot uh some of the biggest hogs i've shot i shoot towards the shoulder it's just a it it's it's something that happens to me i don't know if it's uh probably bad aim and I, don't, I don't know but <laughs> hogs if you shoot them too far back broadside you're just going to hit them in the guts. They're just built yeah. different. Their lungs are closer to the front end, and they're angled up. So if you shoot them middle, middle, standing broadside, uh, you basically just gut shot them. I don't like shooting hogs broadside at all. I like them, I like them feeding away from me, um, quartering hard, try to hit them middle, middle, quartering away to where it hits the offside shoulder. And I really want my broad head to stay in them when they run off because obviously the more damage you can do to one, the, the, the less he's going to run and yeah. pigs are notorious for not bleeding and they're going to get into the nastiest, hardest to find, you know, anybody that says they ain't never lost a pig. Uh, they are full of crap because I have shot hundreds of them and they are just not easy to find. Even yeah. well hit hogs can get gone, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've lost a couple and even the ones I've shot good, uh, they're, <laughs> they're tough to find. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of, I haven't shot a ton of like big boars, uh, but any of the ones I've had, I've shot, I mean, I, you know, I, I've never come across this, like, you know, like four inch thick layer of cartilage and this and that, you know, uh, maybe it exists and I just, you oh, know, yeah, I, it, my it, limited, limited no ex- experience, you know, but yeah but i mean you're talking about a pig that's you know 275 to 350 which is a rare rare that you know that that's a 200 inch deer you know what i'm saying there's lots of people supposedly kill these 275 plus pound pigs but it's a 130 pound pig yeah most of the time yeah they're 180 to 190 and a 250 pound hog is a big son of a gun 225 is a big but I'll be honest with you, man, anything 180 pounds, 150 pounds down, I'm shooting them through the front shoulders. Uh, you know, that's – I want to take their front legs away from them, and that you just got their lungs. So that hog's going 50, 60 yards and giving up. 
And yeah, good good point about the the, the lung placement too. I, I kind of picture it as like, um, you know how uh, God kind of like angel wings. You know what I mean? If you look at it from the side, yep. or like you know like the yep. Goodyear tire symbol. You know, it's got like the little like that, the the feather wing kind of goes up and you know that and and it's exactly. and it's pretty far forward. And you're right that the the lungs do. It's almost like there's like a space underneath them where there's not lung, <laughs> you know, the yep. way they angle up and over stuff to describe, you know what I'm talking about, but, uh, and it, yeah, it it's still kill them, no doubt. But if yeah. you're, if, if you're three ribs back, uh, basically middle, middle, and that hog is standing broadside, which is a hard, you know, pigs are very deceiving of how they're standing. I mean, you think they're broadside and they're actually facing you or vice versa, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So a lot of people were calling like, man, I shot the biggest boar hog I've, I've ever had a chance at. And I said, well, how was he standing? And he was broadside. It was perfect. I hit him middle, middle. And I said, well, there's a good chance you won't ever find that hog, especially if you went and looked for him because he probably went 100 yards and laid down. And as soon as mm-hmm. you got 50 yards from him, he jumped up and he's gone and he ain't bleeding no more and you'll, you'll probably never find him. You know? Yeah, I'm guilty so, of that. Bigger hogs, I want them suckers where I can't even see their their nose they're facing you know they're they're quartering away so hard and if you hit them middle middle then and run it up to that front shoulder that sucker is not gonna tote it they can't because you just cleaned them out you got you got everything they need to live so yeah 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 they they, they sure are fun though man i'm telling you i mean nothing uh nothing oh, really yeah. gets my heart going than just being around being around pigs and again like limited experience you know not trump tromping around too far and anything dense or anything like that but i mean when you're walking in the night or you know early morning or late at night or whatever and you hear like that snort or that grunt or squeak you know and it's just like not too far off you know a few five ten yards or whatever off into the brush and you're like it just it just gets your heart growing like like uh, deer no i mean don't get me wrong deer get my heart anything gets my heart pumping i mean if i'm under after a squirrel you know my heart's pounding but nothing really gets that sense of like What's going to happen? Is it going to charge? Is it big? Is it small? Because like small, because big pigs can sound small and small pigs can sound big, you know, and you just don't know if it's pitch black, (laughs) you know, what's going to, is it going to charge? Am I good? You know, so there's a whole layer of like, uh, just excitement that comes with that, that you don't get with, with hunting anything else. Well, I haven't, I haven't hunted bears or anything dangerous, but you know what I mean? No, no, absolutely. I'm, I, I look, man, you're talking to a, you're talking to a dude that I, I've got to kill a bunch of critters, and to some people, you know, pigs and deer are cool. But you know, I envy I envy a lot of guys that have got to do you know some some adventure type hunts. That's something that one of these days I hope I get a chance to do. But uh, I'll take this poor man's hunting. Uh, I'll take it as long as I can ride it out. <laughs> what what is what is your bucket list uh, hunt other than like let's other than yeah. deer like what what other animals? I, I obviously, you know, growing up, uh, an elk, um, has always been something. And that's, that's something I'm going to try. Uh, I'm different than most though. Day one, um, uh, a cow walks by me at 25 yards. My, my hunt's over cause I'm shooting her. Yeah, um, yeah. but probably the biggest thing for me and I, I'll, I'll never probably be able to, uh, to, to financially do a, a big Yukon type moose hunt. But, um, I'm I'm gonna go across when everything straightens out, hopefully in Canada, and I'm gonna probably uh, try to do a moose hunt, uh, and that's that's something that you know that's something that I'm drawn to. I want to kill a moose with my 
with my recurve and I'll, I'll fill in the gaps as I go with some bear, you know, black bear, uh, speed goats, just, just stuff like that. I mean, I've, I've, I'll never get tired of, of hunting deer, uh, or pigs for certain, but I want to do something. And now that my kids are getting a little older and life's a little easier around the house, uh, every year I'm going to try to do something different, you know, mule deer, antelope, whatever I can fit in and, uh, and make work, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love to go shoot a bear, uh, over bait or not. I don't care. I just, just want to go bear hunting and I really want to go antelope hunting. You said, you said speed goat, but I want to do yeah. it. It's all, and it's almost impossible, but I still want to go do a try, uh, you know, spot and stock, not necessarily sitting in a, uh, yep. in a ground blind over a water hole kind of thing, which is supposed to be, you know, again, if you've, I haven't done it, but everyone says, if you've never done it, it's not as easy as you think. Uh, especially with a, yeah, with, with a stick bow, you know, but I want to do yeah. the almost impossible spot and stock antelope. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully going to try it this year. Uh, and it'll be the same thing. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, horns are optional for me. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a trophy. Um, never have been that bug never really bit me. Um, if, if it's legal to shoot a doe, and day one, first five minutes, uh, antelope doe walks in front of me, my, my hunt and I'm, I'm, it's over and I'm coming home with a smile on my face. So, yep. uh, it doesn't, doesn't take a whole lot to get me jacked up. And, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's kind of how I roll. That's, it's always been that way. Uh, when I kill a good deer, all my buddies and my brother, they're, they're, they're as surprised as I am. <laughs> and it, only thing is, 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 is uh, it it just happened to be the first deer down the trail so <laughs> yeah no no i hear you um all right so you got any uh uh you said you're going to try and do another out something out of state this this year right so what uh yeah. anything anything actually like like formalized plans or is it still uh in planning yeah or? yeah i drew i drew kansas so kansas is always big on the bucket list i know everybody says oh well everybody draws kansas but I don't know how they're doing it because it's uh in the last couple of years it's got a little bit difficult for us where we hunt but uh my brother didn't get drawn but uh my dad and another good friend did so kansas november and um i may try to bounce across to mississippi again this year uh, i've got a good friend that uh he's he's always willing to let me come hang out with him at his cabin so right now that's it and uh i may try to uh may try to go to nebraska um, in September, depending on how it all works out, uh, you, you know, with, with a buddy and hunt, uh, antelope with, with him. So just kind of the, the only thing that's set in stone is the Kansas deal and, uh, Lord willing, I'll, I'll be able to make it and hopefully seal the deal, uh, up there on a, on a good deer and, and fill my doe tags and come back and hunt East Texas like always. When does uh, Texas open for you for archery? Uh, this year, it should be the, it's always the closest weekend to October 1st. Sometimes okay. it falls September. Um, but I think this year, uh, I think it's, it's the early on in October and I'll miss the first, uh, I'll miss the first week with my schedule. Just, I work 14 on 14 off. So I generally always miss the first week of both season, which it, it is what it is. It's always hot 
if I was home, I'd be in the stand, but I can deal, I can deal with missing the first week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, going over hour and 10 here, any, uh, anything we didn't cover anything you want to, you want, you want to cover or talk about or man, I, I'm, I'm down for whatever, but I, we, we pretty much, pretty much touched on what little bit of boring life I, I round up, man. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't call it boring. You know, it's uh, it's it's well, there's there's a bunch of sayings that go something like that. You know, but like, uh, what's boring to you is another is another person's uh, dream or whatever it yeah. is, or something like that. So it's all yeah, it's all relative. Wish, you know. Yeah, that that should be a t-shirt, man. I I hear so many. I mean, because you know, there's there's so many big names in the in the Instagram and Facebook have blown up so many people, and it's great. I think it's awesome. I mean, if you can get your name out there, uh, but. I, I think it kind of does, man. I think it gets lost. Everybody wants to be somebody else. And, man, you, there's a lot of things to be, be be proud of. I mean, it doesn't matter if you get to kill one deer a year or somebody like me that gets a lot of opportunities, man. Just rock with what you can. It's it, it's, it's pretty awesome. And, and if you don't think so, there's somebody out there that wishes they were doing exactly what you are. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah, just, and, and just enjoy what you got and enjoy the time you got to do it in. So you know are you uh, are you putting out any videos or anything like that at all or people can just kind of find you on instagram yeah i've got um i've got a few youtube videos i don't i don't put uh i don't put out as many man it's just i try i try to film everything i do um and sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't i'm pretty bad about double clutching the record button but mm -hmm. i've got um i don't know seven or eight maybe more than that uh videos on youtube um, under East Texas bow hunter, uh, that, that folks can check out if they want to see a couple of pigs and a couple of deer get shot with a stick bow. But, uh, got one, one pretty cool hunt where I, where I, where I kill three in about 15 minutes over a water hole. And, uh, I actually had Rob Lee with me that night and he shot a big boar. So we killed four, we killed four pigs and, in, in an afternoon with, with recurves. And so it's kind of a breath of fresh air for folks to see that it, you know, it's a pretty nasty weapon, you know, yeah. if, if used right. East Texas Bowhunter. I don't think I subscribed to that. I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to definitely subscribe after we hang up here and go check yeah, it out. You, <laughs> I love consuming yeah, I think, that stuff. I think if you type it, type it in as that uh, East Texas Bowhunter, I should come up and, and uh, or you might even be able to put my name in. I, I I'm telling you, I'm horrible with the tech stuff. So, but my tag is East Texas Bowhunter definitely going to check that out and uh yeah man the more stuff uh you or anyone can else anybody else can can put out i'm i'm, I'm all on board because I, I can't i can't consume enough of it you know what i mean um i just yeah. i just no, it's, I've it's, got it's, a, it's become i've got something i've got something set up to hopefully make my my night hunts uh where i can film with my big camera i tried with the gopro and the gopro just doesn't gather enough light um you mm -hmm. see a lighted knot run through the air and hear a pig squeal and take off running but it's it's poor you know it's poor video it doesn't doesn't really lead to spending the time to edit you know edit it all together but i've got a uh i've got a, a monopod with a spike that uh i saw mr robert carter using and and uh, i'm gonna I'm going to try to make it work at night. My, my video camera gathers enough light that if I can, if I can get it all lined up, it should be pretty slick. So I'm on, I'm going to try. 
Yeah, I I, I would encourage you because uh, <laughs> I want to watch more. <laughs> I want to watch more from everybody. So, well, all right, man. Um, yeah, I guess uh, people can follow you on Instagram too, right? On just under Clay Epperson. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, Epperson Clay eighty three, I think, is what it is. It's backwards, and you know, I think somebody had already stole my name. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That that and Facebook. That's pretty much pretty much where I'm at. Cool. Well, all right, man. Um, hang on the uh, line with me here, and we'll uh, we'll wrap up. So everybody, uh, go check out Clay, and uh, go. You know, you there's there's a ton of like fishing pics on your on your on your profile too. Uh, I'm not I'm yeah. not that into fishing, but I mean, uh, you seem to just kind of enjoy the outdoors, uh, no matter what, you yeah. know. And, and and looks like you got a daughter there that you're taking out and stuff like that. So it looks it's pretty two, cool. So. Two two of them, both of them are. Both of them, they they let me drag them around, and they enjoy most of it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, please uh, leave a rating and uh, like, share, and subscribe. And uh, hope you guys enjoy this interview with Clay. Thanks for listening.